Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's going on, folks? I'm your host, Dre Evans. And I'm your co-host, Ike Eke. And we're the, the Multifamily Body Slice podcast. This is a good episode. I had a good buddy of mine, Jason Lee. He's a broker here in San Diego. He has done over 50 deals in the transaction amount of over $100 million. He also runs the Multifamily Millionaire uh, podcast. Just a real young cat. He's like 23, 24. You get a lot of good insights from... Jason, uh, even despite his age, but what I loved about this one, he had, had a lot of good nuggets. One of them being um, how he closed in his first four deals when he was in college. That really stuck out to me because we we dig into that a little bit. We talk about the balance. He talks about, uh, we talk about different sub-markets within San Diego, triple net leases, like him representing clients or like Starbucks, which is pretty cool because I think you don't really hear that on most of the podcasts. He also talks a lot about just relationships and making mentors. Uh, what did you take out of it, bro? Yeah, man, Jason was awesome. I think I've probably said this before on, on our show, and I probably told you privately a million times. One of the things I love about this industry is that nobody has an identical background to anybody else. So you're always going to hear a unique story. The hero's journey is always different. And in this case, that was also the case in, in the fact that you know he became a broker and he got into transaction side of real estate and then ultimately became an investor. And that dual experience is really valuable, I think. And it was valuable on this podcast because he explained a lot of things about how to communicate with brokers and how to present yourself as a serious buyer from the broker's perspective. So, you know, listen for that. Super helpful for those of us that are just getting started. Even those that have a couple of deals under your belt, it's a good way to tighten up what you've already been doing. Otherwise, fantastic show. Great guests. Can't wait for everybody to hear it. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. I'm excited about the show. We got uh, Jason Lee here. How are you doing today, bro? Doing good, doing good. I'm excited about this one as well. I was just telling Jason before we turned on the recording that I primarily or you know completely invest outside of California, outside of Southern California. So it'll be very interesting to hear the perspective of somebody that not only invests, but also leads transactions here in San Diego. So definitely excited for this one. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Um... It was a good weekend. I was actually coming down with a little a sickness a little bit, but it was good to just take it and recharge and focus on just like a lot of the branding for the company and whatnot and not really focus on deals. And you were in uh, Lake Tahoe, I believe, right? I was. I was. I took a little little boys trip with some of my buddies from San Francisco when I grew up. My brother was there um, and some other friends as well. You know, spent some time near the lake. Didn't snowboard or ski or anything like that, but just sort of had some R&R and it was much needed after going through the the raise and close process on that Nashville deal. So I'm excited to be back to work and closing out the year strong, definitely. Good, good. Well, let's jump into it. We got Jason Lee here. You know, Jason Lee is a broker here in San Diego. He's a, a multifamily guy. He also has his own podcast, The Multifamily Millionaire. If you guys haven't heard of it, please check it out. 
He focused primarily on multifamily real estate in San Diego County. He has helped over 50 investors and has sold over $100 million worth of property in San Diego. Like I mentioned, he is the host of the Multifamily Millionaire Podcast with the 2020 30 Under 30 National Association of Realtors finalists. He was also recognized in the Realtor Magazine. Jason, welcome to the show. What's up, bro? Andre, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. So let's uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, and how you got started in real estate. Yeah. So um, I guess I can start with like how I got started. I was a junior in college and uh, I was at San Diego State University. I kind of was lost, had no idea what I wanted to do. So it kind of fell on my lap. I was just networking, kind of seeing you know what was out there, what I could be doing. I came in as a science major because I thought I wanted to be a doctor. But um, I learned real quick that I didn't want to go to school for my entire life. So uh, I ended up just basically meeting a lot of cool people, joining a lot of clubs and real estate was one of them. And um, I met the owner of my old company. I started entering there as um, kind of like a runner slash broker, learning the business, analyzing deals, just trying to learn the real estate market in San Diego. And then from there, just kind of got my license, did four deals before graduating college, and then just went headfirst into it. And that was four years ago when I started. Yeah. So here we are today. I've got um, my own team now. Close about 50 transactions this year, totaling, you know, a little over $90 million and uh, got a little portfolio of my own. Got about 46 units in San Diego and it asked her to buy 16 more. So that's what I'm doing right now. Nice, nice. Go. And and to get a little more granular on your on your background. So are you exclusively transacting in multifamily? Do you do other sub-asset classes in the real estate space? What are you focusing on and, and what is your team focusing on? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd say like 95% of my deals have been multifamily in San Diego, but some of my clients are older and want to get out of apartments and want something that's like more of a check in the mail every month, very passive. So I've helped a few of my clients buy like triple net lease properties out of state, like Starbucks, Dollar Generals, Burger Kings, Carl's Juniors, stuff like that, where the tenant pays for everything, pays the taxes, pays all the bills, and then he just gets a check in the mail every month. So um I've structured some of those deals too, but like I said, most of my deals have been in you know small to medium sized apartments in San Diego. Nice, and, and I'm I'm glad we clarified that because I'm sure our listeners and people that operate in the multifamily space, you know, and, and have spoken to anybody that considers investing in San Diego or pretty much any market in California, they simply say, you know, it doesn't pencil. How could that work for me? That's an institutional style investor. So. So give me a, an idea of your of a profile for your average investor. What, what are they looking for in terms of returns and analysis when it comes to multifamily here in San Diego? So my average investor is actually not institutional. I'd say I, I work with like 90 to 95% just private clients like mom and pops, husband and wife uh, looking to invest. They look for, you know, Areas that can appreciate a lot in San Diego. Certain sub markets are better than others, but a lot of people have different tastes. You know, some people like buying in, you know, classy areas in San Diego where they get more cash flow in those areas. Some people are okay with breaking even every month and buying by the beach, and you know, getting that appreciation. But I have a wide variety of clients, but um, every single one of my clients have made a lot of money in San Diego County, just because you know San Diego has the four walls, right? I mean, the weather's great. You have Camp Pendleton, you have the border, you have the ocean, and you have the desert. So 
San Diego is like this little pocket where there's not enough housing. There's a stat where like we're 5 million homes slash apartments behind on, you know, trying to fit the need and the supply of um, the demand down here. So when there's that many people, you know, looking to live in San Diego and there's not enough units, um, as you've seen, I know Dre has seen that, you know, rents go up and when rents go up, property values go up, as you guys know. So um, yeah, all my clients have done extremely well in San Diego. Well, well, let's drill down a little bit into some of the quantitative points of that, because I mean, I'm sure, look, if, if, if I could, I'd be investing here in San Diego as well. If I could get the right debt, if I, if I could get the right equity for it, you know, I feel like a lot of people would, do, would be doing that. But give me an idea of how your clients are, and yourself are making these deals pencil. Are you doing, you know, lower LTVs, going all cash, looking for, you know, in-place rents that'll cover, you know, debt that's getting or getting or gotten? What are the what are the metrics that you're looking at that make deals pencil and deals successful for these clients that you have? Yeah, I mean, you can just start with me. I mean, um, for so my business plan with my partner. We're 50-50 in all our, in our whole portfolios here in San Diego. Every single property we've bought in has been a pretty heavy value add deal. Like for example, uh, we bought a 13-unit building in Chula Vista. We bought it for severely below market. It was all two bedroom, one baths. Bought it for like 193 a unit. The rents were really low. So we got bridge financing so we could put less down to you know basically complete our business plan and refinance it. So we've done bridge financing to answer your question about debt on a lot of our properties where we put down like 25 to 30%. And then we get a short-term loan of like four to 5% interest only for one to two years. And that kind of gives us that bridge to, you know, do the, the rehabs, the construction, and then putting the long-term tenants at market rents and either refi or sell it. So that's what we're looking for. And then my clients also look for the same kind of thing, but some people also look for just turnkey product at like a, at a low four cap and just sit on it and just raise rents little by little. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely a lot of different investor prof- profiles, but that, those are just some examples right there. Cool. Yeah, I had a couple of questions I was writing down uh, as I fired his away. I want to dial back a little bit. Obviously, you know, I'm very bullish and I love the San Diego market. I'm an investor here myself. You know, just for our listeners and, and, and just out of curiosity, obviously there's different sub-market pockets within the city of San Diego. You talked about certain sub-markets that appreciate better. You want to identify what those markets are for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, um, the past, you know, eight years, um, I'd say the markets that have grown the most are North Park, South Park, Golden Hill, Pacific Beach, and then... Also, like North County, like Escondido, Vista, Oceanside have gone crazy. I'd say the markets that haven't gone up as much are like, you know, City Heights, Logan Heights, and um, like Santee, Lakeside. El Cajon, surprisingly, has gone up a ton in the past two or three years. But I'd say around like Balboa Park, near the coast, and some areas of North County have done extremely well in the past, you know, five to 10 years. Yeah, El Cajon surprising because you don't hear a lot of people talking about it in there doesn't really seem to be much going out that way, but I agree with you. You see a lot of stuff coming online in El Cajon or people buying, and it's, it is pretty surprising. But I think the general trend really, and I'm pretty, I'm sure you see this, uh, Jason, as a broker, that pretty much if you buy anywhere in San Diego, you're pretty much set. I mean, I was just reading an article where about on LinkedIn where biotech and life science is coming to the city, and it's just now they're like overbidding for office space. 
It's going to be nuts. I, I really can't wait to see what the city of San Diego is going to be in, let's say, three to five years. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of room for job growth, like you said. And um, I mean, if Blackstone is bullish on San Diego, right, they just spent $1.5 billion in San Diego, bought the biggest portfolio ever sold in San Diego County. That's right. And the analysis that they do is far be- uh, beyond what we know. They know a lot of things we don't know. So if they're bullish on San Diego, then, you know, there's something good going on down here. So exactly. I like it. Follow the exactly. institutions. They'll lead, you, they'll lead you to the promised land, right? Exactly, exactly. And so, Jason, you talked about when you were in college too, you did your first four deals. Um, that's what's pretty much started this whole process. So I do want to talk about a little about that too for our listeners in that balance. Like what was, how did you even go about doing four deals in college? How did you maintain that balance? How was the first deal? And like, how did you get the teaching to be able to, or the knowledge to be able to tackle that first deal. And what was that like? I know I'm shooting a bunch of your way, but all within the same same realm of you being in college. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. It's a good question. So people have asked me that before. Um, It was really tough. I mean, I really had no social life. So I got my license like the summer before my senior year started, my last year there. And um, I had classes from, you know, 9 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Tuesday and Thursdays. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I was in the office, you know, for 10 to 11 hours a day, cranking out calls, emails, texts, just reaching out to people trying to make relationships, trying to find deals. I kind of banged my head against the wall for like six months. And then I kind of broke the barrier and got my first listing in like December, like December, January. That was a little four unit deal in City Heights. It's actually a really good deal looking back. It was a little four unit for like $800,000. I sold it for like 750. It was all three bedrooms and two bedrooms. So it was a really good deal, honestly. But I just found it just through, you know, constantly just dialing the phone every day, learning from my mentors. I had, I was very lucky to find good mentors. Brian and Kevin, the owners of my old company at South Coast Commercial, really trained me well, taught me how to, you know, maneuver the business, how to generate business and how to keep the momentum going. So that was how I got started. And while I was doing that, you know, obviously brokerage pays zero money if you're not closing deals. So yep. on the side, I was, you know, um, I was like doing social media marketing for like three clients to like stay afloat because I didn't have any, all I had was college student loans to support myself. So I kind of had like three full-time gigs going on until I kind of broke through and did my first two deals. I love the hustle, Jason. I mean, everybody everybody that's successful has that period in their life where they're, you know, drinking out of a fire hose and just trying to make it happen. And, you know, ultimately that that sort of that drive and the practice that you obtain just by way of hustling is what sort of pushes you off into the stratosphere. So I'd love to hear that part of your story. Switching gears a little bit, I'd like you to give our listeners a little bit of advice because most of our listeners are going to be people that haven't yet gotten deals or maybe have one or two under their belt, but haven't really created that flow of, of, of deals, deal flow that they, they need in order to sustain a real estate business. And being that you're also an investor as well as a broker, you can see this from both sides of the coin. And so the question I want to ask you is, how do you approach a broker and have them view you as a serious investor that you know, is ready to get in the game, you know, knows what they're doing and, you know, basically give you some of the better deals that they have in their pipeline, especially in a hot market like this one? Yeah, that's a great question. So my best advice is, you know, any deal you want to find, it's, you know, one relationship away, right? So people who have a lack of deals don't know enough people. So 
my best advice for someone who's just getting started is I would try to partner with someone and try to bring value to them by um, giving something back in, in return for their knowledge. So I would par- I would try to like call or meet with like a experienced investor and like try to offer like some sort of like service, like reaching out to brokers or like, you know, making calls to try to find deals in exchange to, you know, partner together and kind of learn on how to speak the lingo of an experienced real estate investor. Just to kind of like that kind of, you know, cuts the learning curve by a lot because if you learn from someone who's already done it, instead of kind of banging your head against the wall and trying to learn by yourself, it's going to be a lot easier. I mean, I couldn't have learned brokerage on my own. Same with real estate investing. I kind of learned from people in my network. I asked a lot of my clients on how to invest. So I would do that first. And then when reaching out to brokers, I mean, I would just be yourself. I mean, I really don't have advice for that because if you're honest and you know, you're true to yourself and you tell them you're looking for a certain criteria and you're very clear about it and tell them that you can perform because you have funds coming from here. You have the money lined up because of this kind of give them reasons why you're ready to strike on a property now. And I show them you're serious mm-hmm. him or her. You're serious and follow up with them. I mean, you're not going to just call a broker once and then get a deal, right? Like send them emails, text messages, like every two to three months and see if they have anything coming up. And that'll kind of show the broker you're serious. I always take people off my list when they stop responding for a long time. So always respond to brokers if they send you a deal. Like if they send you a terrible deal you don't like, just say, you know, no, thank you. But I really appreciate you thinking of me. Please keep me in mind for the next one. Like don't just ghost them because that makes them not want to, you know, send a deal to you. So being responsive, being yourself and um, telling them your criteria, him or her, your criteria. Those are my top three advice for sure. That was perfect. Yeah, in my, in my opinion, in terms of your response, the only thing I would say to for my listeners to go a step above is that like if Jason, if you sent a deal or an opportunity to an investor or you got it from another broker, attaching your underwriting too, that takes them a little, that, that takes it a step above because then they see that you actually did the underwriting. They can look at your numbers and they can like, okay, you know, John so-and-so like actually went and underwrite my deal and this is why they're telling me no. It further supports the explanation that you give them. And obviously, right, like you're, to our listeners, you're probably thinking, well, well, I'm telling them no. But actually like that no, even if you got 10 no's that you said that you sent in those emails to the brokers and you attached 10 spreadsheets, each no gets you closer and closer and closer in those relationships in the sense of like the broker taking you seriously. The only other advice I would also too add throw in there in terms of establishing those broker relationships is you talked about this too, a little bit about making relationships is making relationships is an important key. And I think that's one of the things I I focus on and talk about a lot on this podcast is the importance of them and get to learn something that they like. Like I don't, if your broker likes the Chicago Bulls, let's say your broker likes Chicago. I'm biased because I'm from Chicago, but (laughs) you know, before you hop on the phone with them or you send that email, look up the game, look up stats about it, look up, you know, whatever. And then while you're talking to them, before you leave, maybe that second or third call, you're like, Hey, you watched the game. How was it? What you think you going, you got buy tickets for this year or whatever, the season that helps build that personal relationship. And you best believe when they have a, a, a true opportunity come your way, they're going to be thinking of Jason first. They're going to be thinking of Ike first or whoever it may be. You know, that's really how you take that relationship another way. And you also build that credibility because every time they send you another deal, they're going to start sending you better and better deals because mm-hmm. they are taking you more serious. Because that's how it is. That first deal they're going to see, they're going to just send you whatever. It's going to be the crapshoot. 
it's also the way to weed a lot of people out to see who's serious or not. Dre, before um, we move on to the next question, I want to highlight something you just you just mentioned there, and that's actually underwrite the deal they send you, even if it's a terrible deal. A, because again, it'll show that you are serious and there's credibility behind that, but also it helps them know what you don't like and what you do like. If they're sending you a ton of value-add stuff, but you want new build, then let them know that you want new build and you can do that in the notes of some of the underwriting that you do. Or if you're looking for certain return metrics, but what they sent you is way off, then you say, you know, I underwrite to this return metric because of X, Y, and Z. And by doing so, you're sort of funneling down what they should be sending you uh, going forward. So that's just another piece of broker relationship uh, building that is pretty important, at least, at least I think. Yeah, he, and Jason said one last thing too in that explanation of the broker relationship. And that was really the metric that he used to get good mentors. And that applies to no matter what niche that you're involved in in real estate, whether it's small residential multifamily, commercial multifamily, in the sense of syndicating hundreds of units, being a flipper, whatever it may be. And the key thing that Jason said was that what? He said, how can I add value to them? You need social media marketing. You need me to cold call. You need me to be your assistant, write articles for you, whatever it may be. Those in the weeds jobs that I'll do for free. But look what he said. The knowledge that he was able to gain from them and accelerate that process. He's not going through the school of hard knocks trying to do things on his own. By doing a service for them for free, he's providing value. And I think a lot of people are very quick to say, oh, mentor me. Or do this or do that, but it's one-sided. And that's how you, right there is what Jason said, is how you get a good mentor, is you provide value to them. And eventually you might find yourself doing a deal with them, right? That's another way. Instead of doing like admin-like tasks, you go find a deal and then have them partner on it and then have them run it. And let's say you get a small piece of, let's say you get 5% of the equity and they get 95%. They might get the bulk of it, but... It's what you learn in that process. They're holding you hit your hand, their hand. You get all their contacts. Why? Because they're a part of the deal with you. And then they're walking through you step by step. And you get to ask as many questions as you want. That's free mentorship right there. Like a gold mine for free. Yeah. All because you put in sweat equity, really what it is, sweat equity to find the deal or make cold call phone calls or do social media marketing or write a blog for them or whatever task it may be. Absolutely. And so before we move to the the next section, Jason, I want to know a little bit more about your podcast, Multifamily Millionaire, why you started it and, you know, what you've learned doing it and some of the results you've gotten from it. I started just as a hobby because I just like, you know, meeting people and talking about real estate. So I hired a production company to kind of run it for me, like find my guests, do the editing, you know, post it on all the platforms. So all I'm doing is just talking to the guest and, you know, giving them the episode. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, meeting people all around the country, seeing what their investment strategies are, what they, what advice they have, how they kind of became successful. It's been really cool. I've gotten a lot of results on it, actually. I've gotten um, just a lot of DMs from people, you know, asking if I have, you know, deals in San Diego. I've gotten a lot of emails asking to be on the show. And then now, like when I talk to some people for the first time, they kind of know who I am because they've watched the show in San Diego. So it's been, it's been really cool. I mean, it kind of builds that brand. Uh, you meet really cool people and um, it just basically, you know, helps you build those relationships to where, you know, you can do what you want with them. Right. So if you want more deals, if you want to syndicate more properties, if you want to, you know, be a better broker, it's all about meeting more people. Right. So that's what's been the best part about it. So in order for people to sign in your DM, start a podcast. 
<laughs> that's, that's all I heard. There you have it. Yeah. No, honestly, <laughs> most of the DMs are are uh, kind of BS. So that'd be the worst thing about it. <laughs> it's all good, man. You ain't gotta tell us, but I know. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Uh, no, I, I I like that, man. I've I've listened to your show, and it's a good one. And and I was telling Ike that's another reason why I wanted you on the show, bro. And that's why I reached out to you when we got coffee in, in Pacific beach was because like, it's not a lot of young cats that are doing podcasts in general. And it's not a lot of cats that are doing stuff uh, in the SoCal market. And I like that. That's like your niche and your thing. And that's what makes you unique. And that's what makes it special. So mass salute to you on that with the podcast and it's good. So like I said, if you haven't checked out Jason's podcast, Multifamily Millionaire, definitely go check it out. He posts a new episode every week as well, just like we will for the Multifamily by the Slice. So um, on to the next round, Dre? Yeah, let's do the next round. So the next round, uh, Jason, is where we talk about like a favorite, the legacy round. It's an open forum when your favorite acquisition that forever changed the trajectory of your business or life or practical tips on how to grow a portfolio or how to build your investor network. Um, we talked a little bit about all of those things in the beginning of the starting topics, but if there is a deal that stands out to you in particular or practical tips on how to grow a portfolio, go ahead and shoot. So the first deal I ever bought definitely changed my life. The way I found it was I basically was talking to the guy for like two years. The guy lived in San Jose, so he was from out of town. And his like mother-in-law owned the property and he connected me with her. And um, basically they were going to list it with their property manager. And it was a duplex above Adams Avenue in Normal Heights off of Mansfield. And it was a three bedroom, two bath, Spanish style construction, 1920s. And then it was a little studio in the back, both separate structures. And it had a two car garage facing the alley. And it had a one car garage next to the three bedroom, two bath house. Their list price was $7.99, but I put it, I wrote an offer and let the property manager represent me. And I put it under contract at $7.50. Um, there was major foundation issues and you know, mold and everything else, roof. The whole property was basically a rebuild. So I basically negotiated it down to $630,000 and I converted the two garages into a two-bedroom ADU and a one-bedroom ADU. So now it's going to be a four-unit property. The construction for the ADUs took forever, but it's going to be done in January. And the property should appraise for like $1.8 million when it's done. So I bought it for six, I bought it for six thirty. I put like four hundred grand into it and it'll be worth like one eight to one nine when it's done. So that was a deal that changed my life for sure. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Sounds like a great project. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he had hella, hella gyms in there. And I'm smiling <laughs> because for you for for the people that don't know, Adams Avenue is basically like for that that submarket location, that's the street that has all the bars and coffee shops and everything at in that area. And that's that's amazing location, 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 location. And the two the two garages, seeing that, like anytime I'm looking at a multifamily property and I see two garages, I'm automatically screaming potential value add. And then the third thing that he said that really was key, if you missed it, was the property management company representing him. You also see the same tactic in syndications too. That automatically brings credibility to the table if you don't have it. If you, if I'm curious though, who was the property manager company that represented you in San Diego? 
it was just like a random, like I have, I had no idea who he was before kind of a small shop, but I knew that if he represented me out of a higher chance of getting the deal, cause he makes the double commission. Right. Yeah. Um, so being a broker, I know that if a buyer, you know, is willing to work with me on a transaction, I'm probably going to want to work with them and get them the deal because, you know, I make a bigger commission. Right. So that's another tip. Like if you want to get a deal, have the broker represent you don't have a friend, you know, don't have your, your wife or your friend represent you in a transaction when they've done nothing. Work with the broker and you'll have a way better chance of getting the deal. All right, well, we're going to move into the last segment of the show. It's called the Gio Donald Round. As you know, this is the Multifamily by the Slice podcast, which stems from Chicago Pizza, Deep Dish Pizza, the number one place being Giordano's. And Giordano's Italian for the flow of things, right? So we want our listeners to walk away with some knowledge, that slice of knowledge. So it's going to be a series of questions, bro, that we're going to ask you back and forth between myself and my great co-host, Ike. And the first one is routine is key. Describe what a typical day looks like for you and how small daily discipline tasks help you be successful. Yeah, so I, I wake up pretty early in the morning, like 5 to 5.30. Not as early as Drake's. So I need to wake up at like 3 a.m. because you're a psycho. But <laughs> <laughs> So I wake up, I go to the gym, or I, or I read depending on the day. And then um, I write in my journal, my goals, what I'm grateful for, what I want to accomplish in the day. And then I meditate for like 15, 20 minutes and I head to the office. I get to the office at like 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m., depending on the day. And then um, basically in the morning, I'm just doing the hardest task of my day. I'm doing my core follow-up calls. I'm doing my important meetings to start the day because like I've just heard that, you know, in the morning you want to get your most important tasks done first. And then in the afternoon, I'll kind of, you know, catch up on emails, you know, look for properties, go on, you know, basically look at listings, try to find more buyers and sellers. And then that's really it. I mean, I'm just looking for deals all day long. I'm following people all day long, going to meetings, going to lunches, coffees, just trying to find new people to work with. So that's kind of my day. And I, I leave the office at like 6.30, 7 p.m. usually. Um, and then go home, eat dinner, go to sleep, and then, you know, start all over again. So that's my typical work day. Cool. If I'm not mistaken, that sounded like a miracle morning to me, but I might not be right on that one. Yeah, I think it's like a half the miracle morning. I think okay. like I'm missing some stuff, right? But uh, yeah, it's, I feel like having a good morning or like a strong start to the day is extremely important because if you just roll out of bed and go straight to the office, I mean, you're going to be groggy, tired, you're not going to have the energy. So, I think working out and getting the blood flowing is the best part of of uh, start of the morning or the most. One hundred percent agree. Yep, one hundred percent agree on that one. All right, next question: uh, If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started, or advice you could pass on to others who want to set off in a similar direction, what would it be? Oh man, it's a great question. What I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known that. I think when I first started, I didn't see the long-term vision in real estate. I think when I first started, I was pretty frustrated because like nothing was kind of moving for me. I was going to the office every day, but not, you know, making any money. So I kind of like had that period where I almost kind of gave up. So for anyone who's just getting started in real estate, I'd say, look at the long-term vision. You know, if you're young, if you're in your twenties and thirties, you have such a big window ahead of you in life. So just start now and chip away every single day you know, don't believe the haters. Right. So I think my biggest haters are my friends and my family, my friends, and my family thought I was in a, you know, 
I was taking a stupid path. I should take, you know, a normal job, go the W2 route. My mom was calling me every week saying I was an idiot. <laughs> you just got to know, like, the greatest quote I've ever seen, I think I saw it in, like, a Jay-Z video, but it's like, recognize you're great before, like, other, people's believe, other people believe you're great. Because if you know you're going to be great and you have a path in front of you that you want to take, take that path and don't give a flying, you know, F word about whatever, you know, someone says about you. Because if you have a vision and you know what it takes to get there and you know you can do it, you got to silence everyone out. You got to put in the time and, um, you know, it'll happen day by day if you just keep doing it. So that's what I wish I knew when I first started. All right, number three, vocab. What are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? Oh, I would say cash on cash return, cap rate and GRM, because that is how you analyze, you know, a property. You want to know what your cash on cash return is because that's your net cash flow after all the expenses and the mortgage are paid. So you want to know how much you're going to make each year if you're going to put in, you know, a lot of money into a property, right? So that's number one. I underwrite my deals with GRM cap rate and price per unit, but price per unit is pretty easy. It's self-explanatory. So gross rent multiplier, I think is extremely important when analyzing deals because a lot of people can like mess, like a lot of brokers especially can kind of screw up the cap rate because you know, they'll like make the expenses super thin to where the cap rate looks good, but the mm-hmm. GRM looks like crap. Mm-hmm. So you can't hide the GRM. So if you know that the rents are, you know, way below market, you know that the, re- the deal is going to be kind of tough to do or else the price better be a lot better than the market price. So I'd say that's number two. And then cap rate, of course, you want to know what your NOI is, you know, divided by the purchase price, which is cap rate. So it's very important to look at a deal correctly and comparing it to what's sold in the area to make sure you're not buying a bad deal. So I'd say those three terms. Love it. Very analytical you know, perspective, which is, which is important in this industry. Next and last of the Giordano questions. Education is critical in this business. What books or mastermind groups would you recommend readers immerse themselves in? You know, to be surprisingly honest, I'm not in any masterminds right now. I plan on joining one um, in 2022. It's called The Avengers. I think Brad Sumrock and some other guys run it. Okay, I've heard of them. Yeah, a lot of big hitters in that mastermind. I always want to be the dumbest person in the room, so I want to try to meet some, you know, cool people, smart people across the country. Books, some books that have changed my life is How to Win and Influence Friends. I'd say the second most important book I've read was Think and Grow Rich. And then um, another book I really loved was The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort. So... I think those three books really shaped my career. Awesome. So how can multifamily about a slice listeners best get in touch with you, Jason, or learn about the service you provide as a broker? Appreciate you guys. I'd say the easiest way to reach out to me is by email. It's just my first name, Jason, at J-L-M, as in Mary, realestateinc.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram, Jason Joseph Lee. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, hey, it was a pleasure talking to you and a pleasure getting your insights. Dre, you want to take us out? Yeah, appreciate you, bro. Um, like I said, this is fun for me. Thank you for the time. Careful about those DMs. You, <laughs> when that's your, that's your, <laughs> when that's your DMs, you know? So, uh, no, nah, this is fun, bro. And I really appreciate it. I know we'll be keeping in touch. I know I, I talked about us getting together as a cohort with all the young fellas, the young cats. Absolutely. In town. So we'll be doing this soon. But thank you for your time, bro. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest.
see you next week.